You're listening to the Embrace Running Podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Elena, and this is episode number 230 for February 26th, 2018. Welcome to the podcast so we can continue our lovely discussions of running and the world of running. Uh, what do we have today? Random day, random news stories, random stuff, catch up on us uh, a little bit. I guess we're all in a little post-Olympic uh, turn here. Olympics just ended yesterday, mm-hmm. so a little bit less to watch on TV, although I didn't watch too much of the Olympics this year. Or is there a little bit more to watch on TV now that the Olympics are that's not That's true, because a lot of things were kind of gone. That's that's true. Yeah, depending on how you look at it. That's a very good point. Um yeah, so let's let's catch up with uh, what's going on with us. So you want to share with what's what's going on with you? Sure, not a whole lot. I've been running, um, not quite the mileage midweek that I would like to be running or that I should be running, but I've been running. Did get some long runs in since we're just a few days away from a race that we'll be talking about. <laughs> I don't know when we'll be talking about it, but yeah, um, been running pretty consistently midweek. Some long runs, like I mentioned. I think I did get a a 20-miler in there a couple weeks ago. Can't remember exactly when now, but uh, it was okay. You know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a great 20-miler, but I, I don't know that I've ever had a great 20-miler. And it wasn't horrible, so I got it done. So, yeah, that's... that's I've, oh, I've been doing um, push-ups every day this month. Mm-hmm. So, that's what's been going on in, in February. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. How about okay. you? Um, well, I'll start with the push-up thing because I'm the one that got you to do the the push-up thing. I think um, I was just randomly reading on lifehacker.com. I think is where I got it from. Um, they had just posted in January that they had a they did their pull-up challenge, I guess, for January, which is just basically do pull-ups every day. And their February challenge was just do push-ups every day. And so I told you about it, and I said, "Hey, I'm going to do it," and you decided to do it. So we've been doing push-ups every day um, for the month of February. And I, I kept my streak the entire month. Mm-hmm. So pretty happy about that. Um, my minimum was five push-ups. And why such a low number? Because twice, well, I just decided it would be five. And then <laughs> twice this month, including last night, literally went to bed to go to sleep and had to pop out of bed, do five push-ups, and then go right back <laughs> to bed and go to sleep so I can keep my streak alive. But um, it's actually been fun. Um, I'm not a fan of doing push-ups, but it's been fun and actually gotten stronger uh, over the 26 days so far this month. So that's been cool. I don't know. And, and I think you asked me yesterday if I was going to continue into March. And I think I'm just going to try to keep doing push-ups every day for as long as I can keep the streak going. Okay. I don't know what, what that life, is. Life hackers, um, March challenge. Will oh, be. I'm sure gotcha. there's something else. So we'll, we'll see. Um, otherwise what's going on with me in terms of running, um, haven't been doing that great. Um, but have definitely things have been getting better since i guess let's call it january one so getting a little bit stronger fitness is coming back um i think i'm on pace if i keep things rolling i should be in pretty good shape for uh flying pig marathon which is in may (laughs) um unfortunately as you mentioned our next marathon is in six days uh, which is napa valley marathon Mm -hmm. so should be a um, interesting day for me will probably be a long slow tough day assuming everything goes right if something goes wrong uh, then i don't know what to tell you but um yeah that's the race we have coming up this coming weekend so looking forward to that um and what else is going on i guess that's it that i wanted to share yeah i like your perspective on um if things go well you're like on track for uh having a good flying pig 
which is kind of how I feel too. Yeah. So, but, but like you said, the problem with that is we have a marathon before that. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's that's yeah. not my next race at right. all. But um, yeah, I think, I think as somebody said, like at a coming out of winter hibernation, maybe it's yeah. one way to look at it. But yep. um, since January 1st, it's just kind of, you know, January didn't go the way we I wanted it in a lot of ways. And so, um, but it, it's, you know, been slowly getting better. It's just, you can only go so fast in terms of improving your fitness. And um, part of my issue has been my nagging issues, which is my, my, my bum knee and my back, which started giving me problems last year has given me problems, but it's, you know, both the knee and the back have been better the last two weeks. So I'm just hoping come race day, it's not a problem. So we'll see. Um, yeah. I mean, neither one of us, I think are chasing a time. Well, I'm definitely not chasing a time, but um, I don't think you're chasing a time there either. So just a finish time, <laughs> <laughs> just an official finish. Yeah. Um, we are in kind of, weather watch i guess for that because um right. you know february started here in northern california basically as let's call it summer uh, <laughs> is what it felt like the weather yeah, was, was really super nice. nice and just this week um the rain is you know we're kind of back to what it should be and the rain has come and it's raining outside right now and um going into napa valley marathon um right now the weather calls for rain on friday and saturday no rain sunday so mm-hmm. we'll see if that holds true hopefully or not so big question and then well you know our next episode will be a wrap-up of, of of the race itself so we'll see all right should we move on just want to mention um races from this past weekend uh tokyo marathon big marathon major uh salmon falls 50k disney's princess half marathon gasparilla distance classic is that the one where they have all kinds of just events d- distances and, uh, and distances um like challenges and things like that yeah that's actually yeah. been on well i don't want to say it's on my list but it's it's been an interesting seems like a cool event it's just mm-hmm. really far and hard to get to so all right uh let's talk a little bit about tokyo marathon yeah so like you mentioned it was uh this weekend um seems like i didn't hear as much about it but i, I wonder if that's just because of like the whole olympics you know going on like mm-hmm. it's kind of overshadowing other sporting events so i, think so. I don't know yeah but uh, as far as uh the winners just wanted to mention them um for the women Rohani Dibaba from Ethiopia with a time of 219.51, which is a personal best or PR for her. Uh, Ruti Aga from Ethiopia in second place. And Amy Craig um, from the U.S. in third with a personal uh, record for her, 221.42. On the men's side, Dixon Chumba from Kenya in 205.30. Yuta Shitara from Japan in 206.11. And Amos Kipruto of Kenya in 206.33. So just wanted to mention them. Yeah, very cool. Amy Craig getting on the podium. Haven't really heard too much from her over the last year so um that's still a very nice finish for her so very good to see and nice to nice to hear about her right yeah um wanted to mention let's talk about moving on talking about shoes i like talking about uh shoes sometimes not as much as they used to i guess sometimes really i don't think i'm I'm talking too much about shoes lately so well because we're not talking about a whole lot of much lately but i think (laughs) (laughs) i think the proportion is still there so um you know running warehouse always popular place to get shoes online and and the nice thing is they kind of share some of their numbers and stuff so um just wanted to mention kind of what are some of the best trail running shoes at least coming off um here in winter time um so i'm just going to kind of list off some of these shoes Kind of some of the brands worth mentioning. Uh, my longtime favorite, Hoka, tops the list with uh, so best-selling trail running shoes. Um, number one, Hoka with their Challenger ATR three. I actually do have Challenger twos. I don't have a three. Um, and the two slot was the Hoka Speed Goat two, which I was actually kind of surprised because I honestly didn't think that was selling that great. But 
that's why I don't work in shoe sales. <laughs> uh, number three, New Balance um, with the MT10 V1. Number four, another pretty cool brand. I know popular with a lot of people, Ultra uh, with the Tim Trail. Five, Ultra Lone Peak, very popular shoe. Uh, six is uh, Saucony. Seven, Hoka in there with the Stinson. And then after that, number eight, Solomon Sense Ride. Hoka's back at nine. Ultra's back at ten. Interesting, no, you know, Brooks is a huge selling company. Not in the top ten. Um, obviously, we're just looking at one shoe store, essentially, but they do do a ton of sales. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, Brooks not in the top ten, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, they're selling a lot more road shoes. than Yeah, they're than still making shoes, their way in the, in the trail area. I was surprised because the one Brooks trail shoe that I know a lot of people used to run in was the Cascadia's. They're actually 18th on the list, so that's the one I was super familiar with. But, um, yeah, not on there. And I was trying to see. I was trying to see if any of the Solomon really expensive models are on there, but no. <laughs> As expected, because they're crazy expensive. Yeah. So um, I actually did buy a new pair of trail running shoes like a month and a half ago, which were Solomon's. And I, I'd tell you what I bought, but I can't remember, so... Because <laughs> I haven't run in them once, so they're still in the box, but they were on sale, so I bought them. So um, you can I'll, talk I'll about them when you. Uh, when actually, yeah, I mean, take them out on the trails. Take them out on the trails. Not yep. concentrating on trails right now. So, um, continuing on the trail running avenue, I guess we could say. Um, wanted to mention something new from Ragnar. We talk about Ragnar a lot. We got two of their races on our calendar um, this year: Ragnar Trail, to be more specific. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. they got something new for Ragnar Trail event. I don't know if you want to mention it. Yeah, it's called Ragnar Trail Glamping. So it's for um, those individuals who uh, don't necessarily want to set up their whole, you know, tent area and all of that with Ragnar Trails. You mentioned before with uh, with their trail races, you basically set up um, like, a, like a base camp, you know, for your team, you know, with uh, tents and, mm -hmm. you know, camping chairs and I mean, you're camping. Canopy, yeah. A table. yeah, you're pretty much camping, you know, stove. like a cooler, you know, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. So um, this is a, an option for people who want to, have the the running experience but maybe don't want to put in the effort or dirty work or whatever you want to call it to set up their camp so um you basically pay an additional fee and they will set up camp for you um so just kind of run through what's included four two-person tents four eight by eight canopies for shade eight sleeping cots which mm -hmm. is nice. you're not on the ground right um, that's a massive sense of peace, <laughs> two camping tables, eight camping chairs, solar lanterns, beverage cooler and ice, um, a charging station, outdoor carpet, uh, a toilet trailer with flushing toilets, running water and electricity. So that's huge. You get electricity. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's huge. And a concierge, which I'm not exactly sure what you get with the concierge, but that is, um, something that comes with it. So they don't have this option for all of their trail races, um, but they do have them for, for quite a few this year. So uh, Atlanta, Richmond, Zion, Snowmass, Vermont, uh, Appalachians, Rainier, Northwoods, Wauwanda Lake, Hill Country, McDowell, and Alafaya. Um, you do pay, like I mentioned, an additional fee. So uh, you, I think when it comes down to the actual cost, you basically end up paying twice as much as you would mm -hmm. for, double. A, yeah, double the amount, um, and you get all that thrown in there. So... It's it's interesting. It's uh I will say it's an interesting it's, concept. It's a good option if one like, hey, I want to go do a Ragnar Trail, but I own zero camping or me and all my friends who are gonna go run with me own no camping equipment. So right. for a lot of people it's you gotta hit up friends or family to borrow stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't have a tent, you gotta go borrow a tent. And a lot of people um will hit up rentals at REI. I assume they still do camping equipment rentals. I know they don't do that at all REIs, but um so, I mean, if you're going to have to drop some money on renting stuff, then 
you might as well go this route and have mm-hmm. somebody else set it up. Um, I think it also works well for teams that are traveling, like say us yes. going to an East Coast race. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, yeah, we could travel with all of our camping gear, but it would just make it so much easier to not have to do that and just pay the fee and have all the camping gear just there and set up and, and then some, you know, with like the, the bathroom and the electricity and everything. Yeah, I, I will say that, you know, Ragnar trials are fun. We like doing them. Um, the camping ex- aspect of it and hanging out is is, is a blast. Um, setting up, it's like, okay, that's what you do. It's the takedown post-race. Oh, my that God, it's, it's like, brutal. Oh, you you're know, so tired. You're just so tired. And, and, and usually your stuff is all dirty and, um, you know, you're tired. You haven't slept much. You know, either, you know, you're probably just trying to get home out of that, you know, at that point. And, um, yeah, the takedown kind of sucks more than you know i mean you always do that when you go camping anyways but yeah it, but after it's even worse Ragnar, after yeah yeah so there's an option for some people if you mm-hmm. want a little bit more luxury or a little bit easier um time so we'll link to that um and it actually has for the races that i listed it actually lists how many sites are still available for mm-hmm. glamping so zion is actually sold out already for oh, glamping wow. so people say yeah yeah sign me up yep richmond has one site atlanta has four um, and then those races a little bit later in the year, obviously have, um, more, more openings, um, like Hill Country has 15 sites. So, but that's listed on there if you are interested. Yes. Um, I don't know if I should make the confession that we, we have two Ragnar trails on the calendar this year and, um, one of them we're actually staying in a cabin right close to the race. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of foregoing the camping setup and the other one, there's actually a hotel right at basically the village right and so our team decided on that one to forego the, so we're kind the of making our own glamping we're doing our uh, own glamping, setup which yeah. you can't do at very many of the um the ragnars right um and I, and I wonder i haven't i haven't uh delved into the individual places i mean the individual events yet but i wonder if those that are listed as uh, glamping are maybe the ones where you don't have as easily accessible like hotel or top or um cabin options mm-hmm. for the races Could so be. yeah all right, let's move on. Let's mention uh, a race we talk a lot about. We're big fans of uh, California International Marathon, which I still have a hard time saying because I just call it CIM. Yep. Um, so they earned gold level certification. Now, what the heck does that mean? So they earned um, gold level certification from the Council for Responsible Sport for Social and Environmental Initiatives. So um, it's basically an uh, association from um, an Oregon-based nonprofit that provides objective, independent verification of the socially and environmentally responsible work that sport event organizers do. So things that I think we even mentioned um, for CIM in the past, as far as like the social justice and inclusion aspect is that they do host the annual United States Association of Blind Athletes Marathon Championships. And that we've mentioned from um, the get-go when we uh, first um, ran the, or when I first ran the race uh, several years ago. So um, they also gauge schools and local running youth in in their um, lifestyle and running program. They also have the Marathon Run 5K. So a lot of, you know, kids are out there. And then as far as the environmental aspect, um, doing, you know, what they can to reduce the events, environmental footprint and increase social impact. So, you know, they have a lot of uh, biodegradable materials, uh, promoted sustainable practices through interactive volunteer stations. And I think we even mentioned that as well during the race where they, or post race where they had, you know, what's becoming a lot more, um, the norm now at races that we see where they have like the compost recycle landfill, you know, all of the, the separation there. Um, and then they, you know, even promoting people to bring their own bottles and refill at water stations versus, you know, or to try to cut down on the single use, you know, cups for uh, eight stations. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of races have, are pushing in that direction, which is awesome 
um, to see. Although I do like having. <laughs> no, I don't think that'll you know, go away. The, the on, you know, on road races, no, no, you know, no. for oh. to that on that magnitude. I mean, it, I see it going away on trails actually, but yeah. a lot more people carry their own stuff on trails anyway. So right, yeah. you're probably carrying it's kind a of a more natural, pack. yeah, progression there. So yeah, I just thought it was it was pretty cool that they earned that certification and looks like they're working hard towards you know making changes. Yeah. So congrats to them on that. If you're interested in CIM, I think Reg opens up again March 1st. Yes. Yeah. So, so just a couple of days here. So they're the weird race that they do. They open up for early regs and then they close back up and then they open back up. And I don't, I don't know why they got to make it so complicated in that regard. But but every time they reopen reg, it, of course, the price is higher. So if you want to get in there at a reasonable price, the earlier, the better. Well, that's why you open and close and then open and close. <laughs> <laughs> so you can reopen it to higher. It's basically cost. we're closing so we can go change the signs and raise <laughs> yeah, the prices. Exactly. Although this is just an online thing controlled by computers, but still. All right. Next thing on the rundown here, I'm kind of jumping around. Um I guess let's I guess because we were talking about Olympics, um, and it's now the Olympics are now closed. Uh we're gonna talk about some of the habits of Olympic athletes. Mm-hmm. Kind of a cool article, something to talk about here. Yeah, and and, and by way of uh Kind of a place that we don't always uh, get articles from. It's from uh, Business Insider, so uh, we'll link, yeah, we'll link to that too. If people want to know, but um, so it's seven performance boosting. Next habits. week we're doing stock tips. So <laughs> yeah. Tune back in for that. Seven performance boosting habits top Olympic athletes have in common, and I think a lot of it translates to 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 running. So uh, it doesn't have to be you know um, a winter sport or anything like that. So the first one is they're comfortable with being uncomfortable. Uh, they're willing to work through the pain and keep on going. The top performers in any sport are going to have to push themselves harder than anyone else if they're going to win out, and that's going to hurt. Um, I think that's completely like applicable to uh, running, and especially like marathon training or beyond. Where, I mean, whether you're comfortable with being uncomfortable or not, like you're gonna you're gonna be uncomfortable. Like you know, it's in, in training. You pain, know, you're pain. gonna be uncomfortable, let alone race itself. Right, pain is gonna be your friend, right. especially if you're going twenty six point two or or longer. Right. Yeah. So I think accepting the fact that and embracing the fact that that's that it's gonna hurt <laughs> and then moving beyond it so uh, number two they eat enough to fuel what they need to do they know they can't build muscle and sustain the performance they have if they don't eat enough uh, make sure they have enough carbs in every meal to provide steady fuel and of course balance and moderation are key so um again applicable to what we do uh in terms of not just even fueling um you know for for just day to day but even, um, you know, during long runs and things like that, you know, if you're not feeling for what your body needs, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a good day out there. Yeah. It's a component of what you, what you need. <clears throat> All right. Number three, they sleep well and then they take a nap. If they're actually going to perform at a top level, they need to get enough rest to build stronger muscles and have their brains convert new skills from short-term memory to long-term memory. So those skills can eventually become instincts. I like sleep. Um, <laughs> sleep. <laughs> personally. <laughs> One of my favorite yeah. things. I, I guess mean, I don't you sleep say. like you know. I don't think I sleep in a. I think it's, I think I sleep a pretty average amount of hours. You know, just depending on the day. You know, depending on how busy your your day is. But um, I don't take naps. Me neither. But I also don't think I probably need to. But, yeah, I don't think I expend enough physical energy on a daily basis to require a nap for myself. But that, I can see like top performing. Like if that was my job, you know, like doing something physically strenuous on a daily basis for several hours a day, well, I then, could see myself yeah. definitely taking a nap. Because then napping is part of your job. I mean, I don't sleep enough um, in general, but I don't take naps either because who's got time for that? <laughs> but it, I, I do always find it, the one thing I was going to say, um, I do always find it interesting that a lot of top um, 
marathon elites, kind of looking at that category, um, a lot of them do take naps. Um, they do a big workout in the morning, and then there'll actually be a nap kind of midday afternoon-ish, and then late afternoon, evening, a lot of them will do a second workout. And so that's kind of how they they manage their, their training that way. So it's, just, you know, I think we almost make a joke out of the nap thing, but um, but a lot of marathon elite athletes actually incorporate naps into their regular routine. Yeah, no, and, and I wasn't trying to, to joke about it at all. I, I was. Just, oh, okay, I wasn't. I, I'm just like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, like, work hard enough to need a nap, right. you know, but I'm not saying that they don't, so. All right, next one. Uh, number four, practice doesn't make perfect, but deliberate practice does. It's not just time that helps them get better at what they do, it's focus. Athletes need to practice while focusing on each move they make. So that, I don't know that it's as specific to running because I think it's very sport specific, you know, depending right. on like the intensity of the skill versus, I mean, I guess you could translate it a little bit to like gait and form and that sort of thing mm -hmm. if you're trying to really work on your running form and really focusing on specific things that you're doing with that. Yeah, there's not that many different movements that we do in running. You right. Know, you, like you said, you capitalize on your, you know, you try to maximize your form um, to be as economical as possible, but... Um, we're not we're not throwing down 1080s in a half pipe or right. um at least most of us aren't out running you know yeah, i mean oh no maybe somebody out there is we're not skiing <laughs> and then shooting you know there's all kinds of things <laughs> yeah I'm trying to think of curling what could i say about curling but i don't know we're not out there sweeping <laughs> that's right i forgot you actually i was in yeah. my head i was like oh all you do is like you throw the rock no right? you forgot the sweeping um, part i forgot the sweeping okay. yeah the intense sweeping Okay, number five. I actually do like watching oh. curling. People <laughs> laugh at me, but um, every time curling was on TV, I was like, I got to watch this, you know? So, okay. All right, number five. <laughs> Find the thing that gives you a legal edge. Um, so there's still a psychological edge that can make a difference. To get that edge, a number of athletes turn to techniques that may provide a real or placebo performance boost. So some things can be like, um, they, they mention uh, tape to reduce pain on your body. Uh, others rely on like specific uniforms. They think that you know, will make them faster whether they do or not. Um, it's unclear whether many of these devices really work, but if they think they work, um, that might be enough. And the one, the one thing that I could think of for us, other than just like the tape that they mentioned is even like music, you know, like it, that's kind of our... Maybe something that gives us an edge is, you know, for those of us who listen to music when we run, um, that could be something like psychologically gives us an edge versus not listening to anything at all. Mm -hmm. um, that was the one thing that I could kind of relate to, to running. I couldn't think of something else. Okay. Yeah. I need, I need my music. Yeah. See, so sure. you, that's your psychological, that's what gives you a psychological edge. Good point. Yeah. All right. Number six, know that you can do more than you think. Many experts think the limits on human performance aren't physical as much as they are mental. Um, and their example, which I really liked, um, is actually a running example. So Kenyan marathon runner, Eliud Kipchoge, who won gold in Rio and who in 2017 came closer than anyone ever to breaking the two hour marathon barrier, explained that believing it could be done, helped him run that 26.2 miles significantly faster. The difference only is thinking Kipchoge said, you think it's possible. You think it's impossible. I think it's possible. So I guess just knowing that you can do more than you think you can. Mm -hmm. I know that's doesn't make sense, but. No, I mean, Kipchoge is actually a good example of somebody super, um, super positive, but, but super focused, um, in running. And he's actually for sure a good role model for, for other elite athletes, um, in terms of mentally probably how to approach the sport. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, last one, number seven. The best the best athletes are self-motivated. You need to desire to get there. You need an internal desire for self-mastery. Cultivating that internal motivation is key for all of these habits. So basically, if you don't have the drive or desire, the rest of these habits aren't going to make as much of a difference. 
and I think turning that to running, I think if you're not pretty self-motivated, I don't think you're going to be somebody who like runs a lot of marathons or Mm -hmm. runs a lot of ultras um, because it is a big commitment. Or I'd even say even you're not somebody even on the shorter distances who maybe is going to improve your time as much because then you're not working towards speed. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can all convince or help or push somebody to kind of train for for one race to race but to kind of continue it on a an ongoing basis or to be a long-time runner um you got to be pretty self-motivated on your own i think mm-hmm. so i agree all righty there you go some things we can uh relate to with olympic athletes i guess is one <laughs> way to put it <laughs> well we do get medals just <laughs> except we all get medals at race, that's right? true for finishers yeah all right um Let's move on to the film portion, I guess, of the episode. <laughs> the film portion. <laughs> so I'm For start... those of you just listening, you're missing out on the films. No, I'm so just we kidding. went from Business Insider to the to the film uh, portion. We're branching into different directions. Um, the first one, I just want to mention just for fun in the hell of it, um, I think originally came to our attention through MarathonInvestigation.com, but it's a video from the Miami Half Marathon, Marathon, 5K weekend, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not super familiar with Miami. Um, but basically, they do a pretty good job of catching uh, bandits at the race. So they'll basically have race officials quarter mile from the finish line, um, basically looking to spot bandits and pull them off the course. Or I think at the 5K, they actually grabbed them post finish line and pulled their medals off um, afterwards. Ouch. <laughs> well, um, so I'm just mentioning it because there's, there's actually two kind of interesting videos. I don't know what it is for me personally. I can watch video of bandits being pulled off courses all day every day i don't know why i find it interesting i guess um the second longer one i'll throw links in the show notes um is actually just a gentleman who finished the half and then kind of went back to that spot on the course and was just recording officials and um, i think the guy just kind of cracked me up because he was basically just laughing and having fun with all the people getting caught um and being pulled off the course it was a little bit of a shock to me to kind of see i know tons of people bandit races but it just seemed like a lot of people was like it just seemed like person after person after person getting pulled off and it was interesting to see people's reactions um to getting pulled off the course so um i just so if that sounds somewhat interesting to you and you haven't seen it already go check that out um like i said i'll link to the videos on youtube um it was really entertaining it's <laughs> it's way more entertaining than you than it sounds like just by the description but it's it's really entertaining and i will give credit for miami for you know for basically trying to stop people t- from doing that. I know at the LA Marathon, they basically do almost the exact same thing with quarter mile. I guess, I think it was about a quarter mile to the finish, maybe a little bit less to kind of stop bandits. So, um, yeah. All right. Anything? That's, that's what I was going to say about that. Um, next thing on the film topic. Um, actually, yesterday we finally got around to, it's kind of been on the schedule, but sat down to watch a short film about ultra running. So we watched uh, a short film called The Why, Running 100 Miles, which is by Billy Yang, who does lots of films, and we've mm-hmm. talked about him before. So it's about a 30-minute video. Mm-hmm. Um, it's him running Leadville 100 Yes, last year. So 30-minute video. Um, Leadville, which is in Colorado. Um, every time I see pictures or video from Leadville, I always go, damn, that's some beautiful scenery yeah it's a pretty epic place to run Mm -hmm. um the views definitely make you want to go be there the course and the elevation do not make me want to be there at all one bit you're basically running the whole time above ten thousand feet which 
I'd probably have a hard time walking above 10,000 feet. So um, not looking forward to that. <laughs> um but but yeah so it's it's basically billy's race and um the highs, guess, in the, the highs and the lows yeah, yeah i guess um it's called the why i i, I watch the film i still kind of don't understand i guess why he runs 100 miles um it wasn't i enjoyed the film it wasn't like i don't know from a story standpoint it doesn't make um wasn't super interesting but it mm -hmm. was um nice seeing the scenery i guess you could mm -hmm. say i don't know what else yeah. to say about it yeah Anything else you want to add? No, I mean, it, it, it's it, it still kind of left me with a question of um, the why. You know, it wasn't, uh, I'd, I'd say, as cohesive as uh, uh, his, the videos that I've, I've seen in the past, but it's still a good video with a, a lot of nice scenery. So The, the one yeah. thing he mentioned, and I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm spoiling. Can we, do we talk about spoilers in, in trail running films? Um, the one point he made was, I guess he didn't, like he looks at it as like he doesn't want to save his body for like when he gets old. He'd rather mm -hmm. just do these hundred milers and races. And if it kind of destroys your body over the years, you'd rather be sitting around in an old age with maybe a destroyed body, but you had all these great stories and and events and fun times that you had with friends, and you can kind of be around um, thinking about it. So I thought that was kind of an interesting perspective to think about. Hey, my my trading in better. You know, obviously we're talking about 100 miles here. So are we, are we trading in um, your body feeling better down the line by running these hundreds now? I don't know. Is that worth it? Mm -hmm. Interesting questions. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So, um, so yeah, so we watched that. That's kind of that. Um, we actually watched it on the regular TV, big screen, had it on, Chromecasted it to the to the television, um, finished the movie as Chromecast or YouTube does. It just kind of starts the next thing. <laughs> It and does. so we ended up watching another 30 minute film on ultra running, which, um, that one was called, I guess, thanks to the sponsors, um, REI presents how to run 100 miles, mm -hmm. which it's not like some super REI thing. They were just the sponsors of the race. And it was kind of a 30 minute film about two gentlemen. Um, heck, I don't even know where they were from, but, but Col it was, um, were they, they're in Colorado, I think. Okay. Yeah. I, I but know, I can't, I, I can't remember, remember where, where yeah, Colorado, from, but, but I don't, I don't remember where exactly. But it was basically them um, taking on the task of running uh, Run Rabbit Run, which is another 100-miler, I think 102.9 maybe to be exact. Kind of ridiculous that you had to add the 2.9. But Yeah. Um, and these are kind of more two normal guys. This is their only 100-mile event that they've ever done. And it was kind of – so it kind of takes from them, um, kind of tells the story of how they decided. And these two guys, they're friends, so it's you know their combined journey, and they actually – run the race together which is something you don't see mm -hmm. um, but it kind of goes through their journey of you know deciding that we're hey let's do this. this is a great idea to training for it a little bit and then actually they're running the race and so um it was actually a very cool story it was um, yeah i had a great mix of comedy um weirdness to it um much, it was really entertaining yeah yeah much more of a um, kind of a, a story of normal guy, regular Joe type of thing going and running a hundred mile race versus, you know, a lot of the, the trail running films that we have. And I got this from the comments that somebody said on YouTube. It's a, a lot of the films are kind of like about elites, elites running 100 mile races. And this is more just like, like I said, average Joe yeah. Um, yeah. taking on the race, which to me is somewhat more interesting because we don't get that perspective as often. And so, um, yeah, if you got to watch one of the two, I'd recommend um, this one, the How to Run 100 Miles. But um, 
yeah, I really liked it. They were two funny guys that actually um, love to go run some trails with them. They seemed like they'd be fun to go run with. So Yeah, and the, the half hour or 20-whatever minutes actually flew by. Uh, really fast. Yeah, with them. So, yeah, I'd so. definitely recommend it. So we, we stopped it there. We didn't let YouTube keep choosing. Uh, it tried, film but we for stopped. Us. And that's actually a really recent one. I think according to the YouTube date, it was, was in, came out just in the last two weeks. So um, interesting there. So I'll put links in the show notes to everything we talk about, I guess, all the time. So if I haven't said that before, there's well, I always try to put links in there. Um, yeah. So uh, that's kind of going to bring us close to the end there. Yeah, the only other thing I wanted to mention was just uh, good luck on um, the San Diego Half Marathon race for Bradley, which is coming up in two weeks. Two no. weeks. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we will be there. We will so be there we'll as well. There. So hopefully we'll um, see you there. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully good weather. Should yeah. Be. All right. Uh, are we doing feedback? Yes. All right. Incoming message. Got a sounder for that. <laughs> so you really wanted to <laughs> feedback, huh? <laughs> So heard from uh, Kyle, who is glad to, that we're back. He's been running for several years, mainly 10Ks, with uh, longest distance being 10 milers. He recently signed up for his first half marathon and was hoping we can give him some advice in regards to preparation and what to expect mentally on race day. He averages between 35 to 40 miles a week and has been slowly increasing his long run distance. Um, and he does have a time goal uh, in mind. Um, and then a little bit more background, too, just uh, in, in chatting with him. Um, he has been doing speed work. I think it's about 20% of his if his mileage has been speed work. So uh, we didn't have a whole lot of advice for him because doing it right. He's doing it right. He's got 35 to 40 miles a week. Um, he's been running for years, 10 keys, long distance, 10 milers. Um, yeah. You're doing your speed work, you know, to, to do what you can to get your, your goal time. Um, yeah. It, you're doing what you should be doing. It yeah. sounds to me, it sounds like you're right on track. Yeah. No, so the, the only thing I would say is usually people's first half marathon is not their fastest. So, right. Um, if it's not the perfect day, that's that's not a big deal or yeah. not unusual. So yep, you know, there will just, be more. You just sign up for the next one, and you kind of know what to expect and mm-hmm. got the distance, you know, experience. So, but yep. but running lots of miles and as, as long as you're getting the speed work in there, I think that's a very obtainable goal. Yep, agreed. All right, is that going to do it for today? That's going to do it for today. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. Like I said, we're off to uh, Napa to run the Napa Valley. Mar- I was going to say half marathon. That was wishful thinking. <laughs> the Napa Valley Marathon. <laughs> marathon. Full marathon. Okay. Yes. Um, next weekend. So uh, we should be back in a week, week and a half with a full recap. We'll probably just do a 100% um, ep- one of those race recap episodes where that's probably all we talk about. Hopefully there'll be lots to talk about the race. We'll see. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> Once it's a really bad day, it could be a very short race. Oh, if it's a bad day, I mean, there could still be a lot to talk about. Who knows? Yeah, so so that's the plan, and then like we mentioned, after that we actually head uh, a week later to San Diego to run the San Diego half, and so um, after that one we'll do another race recap. I don't know if that one will call for a whole episode, but um, but for sure a recap. Looking mm-hmm. forward to that. So mm-hmm. that is going to do it for today. Unless you have something else to add? Nope, that's it. All right, we're out of here. The website for the podcast is embracerunning.com. You could find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash embracerunning. Send us any comments, questions, or feedback at feedback at embracerunning.com or leave us a voicemail at 925-400-7223. If you enjoy the show, give us a review on iTunes. So until next time, embrace running.